0: About blockbusters through the decade. As always, I'm joined by my co host Tim and brother Tim Daly. How's it going, homie?
1: Hey, yo, what's up, dog? Good to see you.
0: You too. Uh, he's coming to you live from Gosstown, New Hampshire. I'm here in Kittery, Maine. Um, and again, like we said, we're going to be talking about the blockbusters. Um, as not only through the decades, but also as we're working through this podcast, trying to really define what a modern day blockbuster is, I think you'll see as we go through the decades that the term has kind of evolved into what we consider a blockbuster today. Um, so, Doug-
1: that's a great point. Like that's a great start there. The evolution of the blockbuster is essentially what we're doing. When I get my first essentially out of the way there, I say it <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, uh, uh, so we're going to do, yeah, we're going to define the, what a blockbuster is to each of us, uh, just gut reaction stuff, because, you know, this is kind of big picture. Everybody knows what a blockbuster is, right? But not really. Like... Yeah, so So why don't
0: we start out with just a quick definition from from Wikipedia, because I think this is kind of an accepted definition as we understand it today. But as we start questioning separate movies, whether they're a blockbuster or not, it kind of gets that's where the line grays a little bit. Um, So I'll just start. It says a blockbuster is is a work of entertainment, especially a feature film that is highly popular and financially successful. The term also comes to refer to any large budget production intended for quote unquote blockbuster status aimed at mass markets with an associate with associated merchandising. So yeah. there's a lot to digest there, but so I would say though, right off the top, that's, that's a pretty good definition of what I understand a blockbuster to be. Uh, but right.
1: again, I mean, a little bit just like Plan now, like that's too. It's too that doesn't cover.
0: It. Yeah, so we're gonna later in the podcast really dive into you know certain instances of what we think is or is not a podcast. Um, but right now, just right off the top,
1: not as what is was what is not a podcast. What is a block?
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah. What is? Thank you, Doug. What is, or on, what is I'm not on a top of you There,
1: I'm on top of you today. I'm on my Thank shows. you. Thank
0: you. Um, and so, so for you though, Tim. You came to me, you know. We've, we've done a good amount of research, and much like if you haven't listened to the cameos podcast, I'd say go back and listen to that. But much like we struggled with in the cameos, um, we're again, when our research tried to figure out what we what the what a blockbuster means to us. I think in your research or in our pre production here, Tim, you kind of broke down what you think a blockbuster is into kind of four different categories. You want to get into that before we, yeah?
1: Well, I just try to like, all right, so I get. It. I get work for in my head, and I get, get into it both. Let's keep it simple. So a blockbuster. Uh, I think it comes down to what type of budget it has. Uh, it's got to be a high budget. I think, I, all right, so this isn't necessarily requirements, but this is what I feel yeah. a blockbuster is. So uh, really big budget. Um, celebrities. Um, now, celebrities could be, uh, A-list, B-list, or I, honestly, they could be emergent, too. And we'll get into that later. Okay. Um, and then three. Uh, so
0: I, and number but, uh, three.
1: Yeah, so number three is the story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that could be... We'll get into it. And then the marketing surrounding it. Right. So real short, budget, celebrities, story, and marketing.
0: Right. And as we talk about those or as we as we go over like the obvious blockbusters it's it's really obvious that that the that that the obvious ones fall have a similar you know uh, definition or a similar makeup with those four categories so i think that that original thought that you had really kind of helps me understand what a blockbuster is
1: well it's definitely a big budget like there's got to be like so what i understand it's a big budget Um, and it's, it's people you recognize or possibly so with the celebrities, it's, it's an actor that is now possibly going to be in the series or be in something in the future because it was so good and it's a big production surrounding him or her specifically. Uh, and then the story is, you know, um, it could be everything from the Marvel comics, which is like a comic book storyline, but it's huge. People love it to something uh, historically relevant such as like a movie like Pearl Harbor or Titanic. Um, So that's the story. And then the marketing surrounding it is what they sell it as. So we, a blockbuster in the definition, it says, you know, the movie has to be successful. But I disagree in that like a blockbuster is a blockbuster before it even hits the theaters.
0: Yes, yes. I think, that's a, I think that's a pretty important, um, you know, description or note to make because some movies we look back at and say, you know, oh, everyone knows that movie, but it ne- necessarily wasn't a blockbuster. Well, so, there's
1: flops. There's certainly flops and disappointments. But, but I think even before
0: they get flopped, I think you can define just by watching the trailer, okay, this is going to be a blockbuster or just understanding the notes of the movies before it even well, releases.
1: What's your gut? What's, what's your gut definition
0: of a block I think it, I think a lot of it revolves around money and hype. Um, I, I mean, I before, as we started talking about this, I you gave me those four criteria, and I kind of adopted them myself. But before I thought it's 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 the lead up to the movie, it's the amount of money that goes into it, and like you said, it's it's got to have a star or a or a star director um, that provides hype or that is reliant on okay i've seen that guy in something that i know that this is something i'm going to be interested in or i know this director this is something i like all of his films or i like the majority of his or her films this is going to be something that i'm going to be interested in and then again the marketing thing like the the trailers that you see during the super bowl commercials are yeah, always the tra- blockbusters the trailers are
1: huge yeah,
0: yeah. So it's just the way that it's hyped. I think hype and money go a lot into into a blockbuster, and then whether it's successful or not is there's there's varying degrees. But there's some that you know that are going to just be. So I'm trying not to use examples because I know we're going to do that later. So,
1: um,
0: so why don't
1: so we? I, I had hang on before we get into. It, I, I had an idea since you adopted. You know, kind of my path. You know, you're kind of a follower, even though like you're the older brother. I get it. It's cool. Um, I thought in, in lieu of our last podcast, the <laughs> cameo, a, I, that's a jab. I got you. All right, go ahead. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry. So, I mean, look, we're just <laughs> we're being truthful. This is it's just two bros, two dogs talking. couple of jerks. couple of jerks. Uh, but anyway, speaking of jerks, I like wanted to get a third opinion in, in lieu of our our uh, last podcast. I figured we'd do a cameo of our own and do our, our first cameo on the jerks in the fourth row and have my roommate, Matt Riley, oh. uh, give a little, his insight. I mean, him and I talk about pretty much everything, but he had this pretty specific idea of what a blockbuster he, was. I figured. Yeah. Bring he, him in. Bring him in, Matt. Yeah. Matty, what's going Maddie? on? Matty. Hey Heyo. So Matty Riley is, uh, so, you know, has a smooth talking, we're a jazz men. singer. Maddie,
0: yeah. welcome to the Jerks in the Fourth Row.
1: Thank you for having me. As a, as a five-star man and a, and a real classy guy, what would you consider a blockbuster? Today? <laughs> or, or just off, off, or I haven't again. spent a lot of time thinking about it. You guys put so much research in and your podcasts are awesome. Oh, but
0: the, the amount
1: of time I've spent thinking about it, my definition has kind of gone back and forth. I, I feel like it does have to be a big budget. It does have to have a big fan following, and not giving away any examples, I think anything that's a ride at Universal or Disney oh. is a blockbuster. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah no, no, go ahead, give out, give out some, uh, some, drop some names, it's okay. There's so many, that's the thing with blockbusters. Well, I think Jurassic Park, all my favorite rides big from, time. Uh, from Universal, uh, Harry Potter, um, all these things that have cult followings and Mm. sometimes I think after the decades pass, you really understand what that decade's blockbuster was Mm. because you get so much fan following and it becomes a timeless movie and maybe it was a blockbuster at the time of release maybe it wasn't but after a decade or two you understand what a blockbuster really was of that decade. I think that's a really good point, actually. Um, so there, so, yeah, that, so there is, is going a past with their as well.
0: Go ahead, Doug. No, but so there is a past looking back too. I think. I think. I think you're right. I think nowadays it's easier to identify them off the top. But as we look back, there might be other other blockbusters that we didn't necessarily realize because not only because we were kids, but because the whole definition was different back then than it is now. So. I, and the rides thing, I didn't even think about it in my research, that's, but you're that's right. An awesome, that's an awesome point. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that if, if there's a ride named after a movie, it's automatically a
1: blockbuster. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. Because, I mean, going into the marketing and merchandise that goes into blockbuster movies, which I, I think is, again, a quarter of the component. Like, it's just so huge. Yeah. I, I definitely agree, and I, I think at the time, like you said, things weren't blockbusters and became blockbusters i think you can have the reverse such as pearl harbor as tim mentioned earlier maybe it was produced as a blockbuster but flopped and didn't have that following in the after aftermath of the release so i think it it's a really wide stretching definition i'm excited to see how you two narrow it down all right I appreciate you coming. We got a little Mookie coming in here too. Oh man! To out, but thank you for t- letting me join. I, uh, Tim's wearing the Itchy and Scratchy show shirt right now. <laughs> and I feel like Itchy Scratchy and now Poochie getting involved in the uh, in the mix. Awesome, <laughs> so Maddie. Mad, an honorary dog. And definitely, definitely a jerk, but he's a uh, is one of my best buddies. Uh, anyway, so you for having me. I'll come more prepared
0: next time. No, Matt. We're going to send you a third of whatever sponsor money we make from this. So Love awesome. It. Thanks Love for coming it. on, man.
1: You get animation rights. Love it. I'm <laughs> going to market this to everyone too so, you guys, so everyone can hear your good work that you guys have a job. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming. All right, Doug. So on that note, Maddie, thank you, buddy. Uh, get, back to, uh, get back to cleaning. And uh, dinner's in an hour, right? All right. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, get, let's get into it. Guys. Okay.
0: Uh, all right. Yeah. So the whole, the whole topic is, is the, is the blockbusters by decade. Um, I think instead of going actually from like decade to decade, we, Tim and I decided that we were going to block it into five, um, five major errors really based around our lives. Cause really that's all we could speak to is our experiences from, um, you know, from experiencing the movies ourselves
1: yeah, so I actually, part of my research was talking to dad and some of my, some of the cousins too, just kind of getting, um, so I asked dad what a blockbuster was, so, so, that's, so that's involved as well. So okay. So it's, 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 it's our best knowledge of blockbuster.
0: So that, that being said, around, around our research, there seem to be some defined time periods, the first of which is pre-1975, and we'll get into why we chose that date, 1975 to 1990, Nineteen ninety to 2000, 2000 to two thousand ten, and then two thousand ten until now. Um, so is that one, two, three, four, five? yeah? That's about that's five, right? So, so, Doug, do you want to get into? Do you want to get into the origin of where the term blockbuster came from in that first era from nineteen? 19- from the inception of movies up to
1: 1975. Sure. Let's get into we, we, Mean Phil had some really cool fun facts um, on just blockbusters. So it actually started in the 40s um, with World War II. People would go to the movies, and uh, there's there uh, shots of the aerial bombers blowing up full blocks. And then there's, I think, a couple of specific movies that... Uh, that actually showed that and, and everyone came out for it and they the, the, it represented and showed the power of the bomb. Yeah so blowing up so that was the blockbuster was like so that was the initial. Yeah,
0: and, and from what I understood, it was an industry term more than a everyday at home term. You know what I mean? like. Right. So um, so yeah, so it really up until 1975, it wasn't like that a common term like we use it today. Um, I just thought it was kind of interesting that that was where the term came from. What did, before you did your research, what did you think that that term, where did it origin from?
1: Honestly, the only thing I picture is the blockbuster store, the movie yeah. franchise, the, the movie rental franchise, of course, you know, I'm a nineties kid, so
0: rest in it, peace,
1: you know, some, that the RIP to blockbuster, uh, movie rentals. But anyways, that's, so I had to just think about it real quick. Um, uh, I came across the final theories like some people thought it was because the movie lines would be around the block and would bust up the traffic that, or something. That's
0: like what that. I, I'm i am guilty of that. I always thought that there's so many people waiting in line that the block busted.
1: So, yeah, which is pretty funny. Um, but uh, there, what else? I mean, there, there's a couple other ones. I, I personally just thought like blockbuster. It was just like a you know, one of those movie turns. I, I I was just a... I'm a jerk in the fourth row. I didn't Same. think about it. I had no idea. I had no idea. Thank God for Wikipedia, right? Yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't go in there before you looked. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so... So, up, so, 19, all right. so we define what it is, how it became. So 1975, what happened?
0: Yeah, these early ones we're just going to kind of run through. But 1975 was the first time a movie actually marketed itself as a blockbuster... And that was the 1975 movie Jaws, uh, yeah. directed by Steven Spielberg, and really just from our from our research, really kind of puts a, a fork in the sand or puts a line in the sand between there and then what's to come in the next 15 years as far as how movies are marketed and the hype, uh, the hype and the 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 uh, merchandising around it. Um, so I mean, don't it doesn't really say how much Jaws really went into doing that other than you know it was kind of marketed everywhere it was more than just a movie poster at your local cinema there was there was trailers there was um, it was released in the summer where everyone kind of has like a beach so it kind of crept into culture too so
1: so that's a, I think you're hitting on you a big part of summer is a big part of blockbuster culture. Yes. So the releasing in summer in July 4th, like somehow that became, so that's when Jaws was released yes. and it became tradition essentially.
0: Yeah.
1: It so, essentially, anyway, go ahead.
0: So from there, and I'm just going to rattle off a few, I mean, it was still early in this quote unquote blockbuster era. Where nowadays you see that we have, you know, a different blockbuster seemingly every week. Back then, there was really like the big blockbuster of the year, maybe two. And the ones that, I, the ones that really stood out were starting with Jaws and working to 1990 were Jaws, um, Rocky and all the Rocky series. Star Wars, mm-hmm. same thing in the trilogy. Yep. Alien, Aliens, the Indiana Jones trilogy. E.T., oh, yeah. Ghostbusters. Beverly Hills cop back to the future in that trilogy Top Gun die Hard Batman and then it ended at hunt for Red October um, some early some early um, themes that we're gonna start to see as we go throughout the decades that instantly these uh, these franchises or instantly these single hit movies become franchises become trilogies um, so,
1: so I think you hit on a few important pieces there we so we talked about this summer. Uh, releasing it in the summer and the efficacy of that, everyone's out on summer looking at. Yep. Getting them, that, there's mul- that's on multiple layers, um, but uh, you also talked about. Um, uh,
0: trilogies the
1: and trilogies, the sequels. Series. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so that's that's like I'm going to talk in a little bit about inherent blockbusters. So. This is. I have different titles for each era, and the t- My title for um, from the the 70s to the, the or 75 to 90 is the the first era of blockbusters.
0: Okay, I think that's this
1: good. is. So again, the the first time these movies are coming out. Um, but then I would say, you know, in the 80s and early 90s, they move into kind of the birth. Of my with my title for that is the birth of the sequel. Um and, and again the efficacy of a sequel and how much they, they, it's, it's all formulaic it becomes, blockbusters become formulaic a lot yep. in the 90s um, but anyways uh, I had all those movies you had in the 70s um, and those are ones that I think they're blockbusters then because not only did they have huge sets Star Wars was a massive undertaking mm-hmm. um, so was Jaws the sets were huge everything was mechanical um you had big names um but i think i I, I think to my point of right so we need to think those four main things so so tons of the the budget was there for all those yes um the the story uh jaws is terrifying and for the sharks aren't uh don't like attack humans that much and after that there's this mass hysteria surrounding going in so again creeping into the culture yeah so that's the story, and then the the actors. Uh, so something like Indiana Jones. I don't think in Star Wars, Harrison Ford, like really wasn't. I don't think much before that. No. And like through Indiana Jones, it's emerging and star, and then almost everything he's in for the next like 10, 15 years is kind of a blockbuster. Yeah. So that's 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 in terms of the, the, the actors and, and celebrities. It's kind of the birth, again, of uh, blockbuster celebrities in a
0: way. He does. And right in that time frame, he's, he begins it with um, with the Star Wars. And, the, and then the Indiana Jones series goes right up to 89. So he, I, he, as well as a couple of other actors, really benefited from this era. Another note that I wanted to make in this era was this was kind of like the start of that CGI. People using computer graphics to enhance movies more so than there was. So which obviously allows the real life to become almost more cartoonish. All of a sudden it really looks like people are flying. There's really lasers coming out of
1: that gun in Star Wars. Interesting um, that you it's interesting that you bring this up now. I'll go ahead and we'll talk about it later. Go
0: ahead. Yeah, but it's it's not like anything it is today. So looking back, you know, we kind of laugh at like I'm sure when we watch back to the future how do they how are they able to capture lightning you know, in a bottle during the, the, uh, DeLorean scene. Well, I mean, that was like state of the art technology back then. Whereas now we're kind of like, okay, yeah, every, everyone in film school knows how to do something like that. But at the time it was new and it just, made, it just added that much more level of excitement and hype. And to Maddie's point almost made going to the movies feel like a ride because you're seeing things and experiencing things that you hadn't before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I guess the last thing, the marketing, uh, uh, again, that's kind of for well, Jaws is just the easiest example. Genius yeah. to inspire fear. Um, Star Star Wars is also the marketing in all the, uh, the merchandise that goes on. I grew up with Star Wars figurines. Yeah, you know, yep. like and it, the 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 marketing behind it uh, gets you. And Maddie, again, great great cameo he brought up the cult following, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I didn't even have in my notes. But that's a huge part of blockbuster movies and marvel movies and star wars all that stuff is because it has such a strong cult following yes yeah basically
0: um so before we get into the next decade was there any other notes you wanted to on this first era as you call it talk about for Uh, blockbusters
1: no i mean you know i had close encounters of the first kind or, or the third kind whatever it was um that that's a big one um, you know, there, there was a. Lot, you mentioned E. T. So yeah. that, they started taking on bigger stories. I think all of those um, are Spielberg's, by the way. What's
0: that? Spielberg really, I think, more than anyone, even more than Harrison uh, Ford, Spielberg has got his name all over all of these.
1: Absolutely. Um, no, but I think I think you covered a lot of it um, up until again eighty nine. Um, I think that again, the in the eighties, the birth of the sequel is an important, really important part of the future of blockbusters. Um yeah. in that those Indian Joneses start to repeat, the Back to the Futures, the yeah, the, you know, the Star Wars have already repeated by that point. Um so anyways, I, I the Ghostbusters.
0: Anyway, yeah, I did started. I didn't do this in my research though, but like before this era, was there sequels? Was there like was that a common thing? I, I know it's probably all speculation. It doesn't look like you did your research either, but I mean I mean on sequels I'm talking about Yeah you can see sequels. the blank
1: look I just stared off <laughs> you guys
0: <laughs> you guys can't see it but both of us are like oh shit should we even go
1: down this road But <laughs> I, don't, I don't know but that's fine um, so my, let's stick with no because when I read okay. these titles, the birth of the sequel it, it fits um, our theory yeah. so it's true it has A, to be true an interesting uh, another little fun uh, phrase I came across was tentpole films so these uh, these Jaws and Star Wars like Star Wars they wrote the scripts as they made the movies yeah um, so it wasn't all written out. The, so the tent pole is the initial film that you know they build off of. Anyways, it was an interesting little yeah, um, an interesting little term I right, cool. came across. But no. So
0: going into the 1990s. Well, before before we do that, I think, and we're going to do this every decade. Did you have a favorite from that
1: era? From that era, I mean, I was a Star Wars kid. Pretty much, I had the figurines. Uh, you know, uh, I gotta say, I gotta say, Star Wars. Okay, me.
0: I think it came down to me. It was either Top Gun or Rocky, but I gotta go Rocky. I, I think I'm gonna no. go Rocky.
1: Top Gun. So also some of those movies. So Star Wars was action, sure, but like uh, the Rocky movies and so the Top Guns. Those are like the so big set was important, but action I think is important for sure. So well. Yeah. So all right. that's including where Maddie flip flopped. You mentioned this morning, he's like, no, blockbusters are just action movies. And then he thought about it and came up with all that. Um so are you ready for the nineties? Yeah, let's head to the nineties. So So my my um, my title for it is Doritos and Corn syrup. So so <laughs> okay. Doritos my, my buddy Chris Farmer always refers to uh crap that, that uh studios make or record producers make just to be consumed in its formulaic like it's just it's easy going like they know it's gonna work and it tastes good when you watch it so it's Doritos and then the corn syrup part is just the crap that goes into it like it's really there's not much depth in, the, in writing necessarily in the 90s blockbusters right like so it's just they're, they're uh, although my top one of my top from this era is the fifth element with Bruce Willis. Uh, so that one, I, it, it, as, as a kid, I thought it had depth. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, looking so, back... So that's why my title is Doritos and Alright, okay.
0: But I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge that a little bit because some of our favorite money, some of our favorite movies are from the 90s. And, sure. So, and just because they were, so the, the secret was out like, if you want a successful movie, this is the formula that you have to follow in order to pump something out. So, there is that. There is that. Yeah, there is that. There is that repetitive feel. But some, there are some great movies that came out of the 90s, and they're not just from blockbusters, but like, well, including blockbusters, too. Like Jurassic Park is a, is an awesome movie. So before yeah, yeah. before we get into specific examples, let me just kind of run through the top grossing movies. Um, you know, usually we do some sort of top five play. I've got it here, so I'll go from five to one. Independence Day was the fifth most most grossing movie at eight, at eight hundred seventeen
1: million. Next was <laughs> what's that? Welcome to Earth. <laughs> yeah, Welcome. Will Smith. let has got so many good ones in that dude. Will Smith
0: spans many decades, but this was this was his arrival. The yeah. next one is uh, Disney's The Lion King, um, at which grossed just under a billion at nine hundred sixty-eight point five million. Whoa. The third was Star Wars Episode One. This is like the Jar Jar Binks, like the, the <laughs> young <laughs> young Annie. Yeah. This
1: is the Doritos and yeah. yeah. This is the corn syrup.
0: And then number two is Jurassic Park. I don't care, I don't care. If you if you want to call it a Doritos corn syrup that was a great no movie. movie. It was Jurassic awesome.
1: great. You, no Dude, I my favorite chips are Doritos. Let me just say that right off the bat. If you know us daily boys, you know we love us some Doritos.
0: And and some dinosaurs. I know From the
1: that, crap in the '90s, stuff, like I'm, I'm saying that's what they were, and they tasted pretty good.
0: More than a few of us went through our dinosaur phase too, so it kind of hit us right where uh, right where we scratch. Um, and then the number one. Can you guess the number one for the for the time frame? Once you hear it, you'll it'll be obvious. Uh, no, uh, Titanic. Titanic. Titanic yeah. was it, and it blew out any worldwide blew out gross uh, gross sales was over. Uh, or just under 2.2 billion, so that's yeah. that's almost a that's almost 1.1 billion more than Jurassic Park did, and yeah. if anyone from that era, just like if if anyone remembers yeah. that movie, this was like it, it almost was the closest thing to Beetlemania that I think you and I have ever experienced in the fact that which movie, which movie, Titanic, Titanic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Go it, ahead. Sorry. It, it wasn't even like my favorite movie of the era either, but I mean just. You would just hear about people going to it five, six, seven times. It came out right around the holidays, or just Girl
1: just before. crying over Leo.
0: Oh, it was it was just like fandomonium, like Beatlemania. Like I'm saying, it's just yeah. anywhere you go, you could not not hear that Celine Dion Dion song. <laughs> Celine Dion, like she had uh, what? What is it? Some, what was the name heart. My, heart? my Heart Will Go On. You care to sing a, a little riff of that or? Yeah. No, I don't, actually. What if I sing it with you? No, Get up here. <laughs> <laughs> Far <laughs> wherever you I here. Sorry, I went Irish there, and she's Canadian.
1: I, see, I wasn't prepared
0: for that. Wow, hey, I got to keep you on your toes. I think we just even turned Bridget Daly off from being yeah, a like Celine probably fan. If do an
1: accent, I'd just go Irish like uh, Paul Rudd and I love you. And just, it's like no, it's Jamaican. It's like and that sounds Irish to you.
0: <laughs> but you're <laughs> but so you remember the hype. I mean you were still pretty young for that movie when it came out. But but you... I, remember,
1: I remember going I remember first off I wasn't allowed to watch that movie when it came out because because of the uh paint me like a French one of your French girl scenes. Oh yeah. Those were some of my first on screen uh, breasts. Well, <laughs> I remember the first time I watched that at the lake dog. Like I will never forget it. We
0: we made a man of you that, that decade, I guess. A little early, but hey.
1: Anyways, I remember it very well and it was it wasn't just the, the movie, it was the, the soundtrack. You're right. I remember the pieces had the soundtrack and like it was it, it was you know, Laura, of course, we were learning piano at the time, had the, the sheet music yeah. for it. you had you just had to it was everywhere.
0: It was absolutely everywhere. Um, so I think that, that during this time too, and, and I don't really remember so much for Titanic other than, like you said, the sheet music and stuff like that was new. But Jurassic Park, for instance, was something that you would go to... A, it, it took the mar- the marketing level uh, the next step. Like you were going to McDonald's and seeing movies now on your cup, on your fries. Like they're, they're, it wasn't just the cinema that they were that they were marketing in, it was your homes. It was just other common places that you were. I remember getting like glasses at the gas station with Jurassic park stuff on it. Like,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it was huge. So that's where, I mean, the, the formula, I mean, they could just depend on the money coming in. So they're like, okay, where else can we take this? And Madden brings it up to the nth degree where they built entire amusement parks around these movies. Um, and and it's just it shows where I mean I'm not gonna get heavy on this by any means but where capitalism can get a hold of things and oversaturate something that's that's where the Doritos and corn syrup the oversaturation uh, that began in the 90s like was just like
0: and it's funny you use Doritos I want to say Doritos now also is a platform where people can market movies or. Um, You know, like on a soda can or Doritos bag, like you'll see whatever the hottest movies, um, like commercials now even. Okay, we'll get into that as we get into like the later decades, but it really started to ramp up their marketing.
1: Almost Uh, pitching it to us. I think this is an important time where trailers start to, where TV is becoming, you know, on all the time in people's uh, living rooms and the, the trailers honestly get... They, they, like, I'm looking at my notes. Godzilla, Titanic, development. Element. I remember being excited watching those trailers, right. and I think that's the beginning of like kind of the art of the trailer a little bit, which we'll also get into a bit later. And,
0: and it's also treating these movies like products instead of movies themselves. So much right. using similar tactics, like you would sell, you know, shoes or you know, whatever cars or whatever they're using. They're using... Uh, oh, we got, do we, we have another cameo first, here? Yeah. yeah second cameo of
1: the <laughs> podcast, actually.
0: Crystal, we're talking about blockbusters today, hon. Do you remember your favorite block... Did, were you a Titanic fan?
1: Yes. Loved it.
0: Did you see it in the movies?
1: I saw it three times in the
0: movies. Oh. <laughs> she I swear she wasn't around when we were talking about this before. But yeah, it was just wild,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, I loved it. It was a was little long for me, but I Alright, so was it alright, was it Leo or was it the story or what was it about it that brought you back three times? I think it was the love story. Oh. And it was just nice. so sad, I cried every time. I mean, you're not a jerk. I don't know if you belong in this no. <laughs> <laughs> alright, I'll be
0: no, no. No. Wow, we got a bonus cameo there.
1: It was crystal. Okay. Awesome. Um, um so anyways, uh I mentioned Forrest Gump there a little bit, and that's, uh, so talking about how there is depth in story in some of the 90s, you know, um, they, that Forrest Gump's one of my favorite movies of all time, and the story's awesome. Like, for, like Forrest Gump is just a figure throughout time, yeah. which is super cool. Um, so t- uh, that that's where the 90s, the, the so the formula, another term I came up with is uh, the four-quadrant, Formula for for movies where they're going for the four-quadrant demographic of females, males, uh, people above 25, and people below 25. Obviously, that's super broad, but those are the major demographics that they're going for in a single I agree. I agree. I,
0: and I liked when you broke that down too. It just makes, when you break things down into fours, it just makes this math mind, you know, think a little <laughs> bit. It helps me conceptualize things or it helps me compartmentalize things too. So I appreciate you breaking that down. Uh, sure. before we move on to the next decade, what was your favorite blockbuster from this era, the nineties era?
1: Um, so I mean, my favorite movie probably is, I mean, I had tons of favorite movies. That's the thing. I wore blockbusters. Um, I, I gotta say, I, so do you agree that the fifth element is a blockbuster? Yes, definitely. I gotta say that because I remember it stuck with me throughout my life, and I just like love the fantastical nature of it. Uh, and that's uh, what's her name? Um, the but the Leeloo Dallas multipass, The girl is just she. She. Uh, she so I, so, I, so is, fifth el- is
0: fifth element. Your so she's the she's the. Um, Resident Evil girl, right? The, yeah. What's her I mean, name? We suck at names. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll look it up after. But I think everyone knows who you're talking about if they've seen that movie. Mila Grokovich. Yes. Nice. Nice.
1: Oh, got it. Anyways, so that's mine. Uh, what, what would you say yours? Is? It,
0: it came down to two, and one of them is more uh, Doritos and corn syrup, like you're saying, and the other one was kind of revolutionary. The The Matrix, I think, is going to be my answer. I know it's going to be okay. my answer. That was barely at the end of that one, so it really got in a lot of uh, new, new CGI stuff. And just the idea of a world within a world, much like is a common theme with a lot of these podcasts that we do, being plugged into the Matrix. Uh, Keanu Reeves had a complete revival in that movie. So that's, that's my one. My, my runner-up was The Rock. But that one is just—it's such a rewatchable Michael Bay action with, film with uh, Sean Sean Connery. Sean Connery and Nick Cage, who was who could do no wrong in the '90s. It was cool. oh my god, it's, that is a good
1: movie, man. I I, I don't watch that shit again.
0: That and they really filmed it on Alcatraz. There's there's a lot of good like other little characters in there. So many explosions, tons of explosions. It's just a perfect Michael Bay movie. <laughs> like if someone was to ask me, like, okay, show me. Ed, yes, Ed Harris is the bad guy. Yeah. Like, it's great.
1: Just the stereotypical military guys, like who, yeah, oh, man, it was the best.
0: Yeah, but but my selection is I'll stick with I'll stick with the Matrix.
1: The Matrix. Ah, uh, it's funny that I know it is from nineteen ninety nine, but I have it under two thousands because of what it inspired after that. It's fair. Like, it is not no, but it, yeah, you're right. It's nineteen ninety nine because I argue that about a movie in 2009. Okay. So anyways, so 1999, definitely, that's that's a great choice. All right,
0: so The Matrix then ha- comes out with two other movies that spill into the, our next decade. Doc, I, do you want to lead that one off? Do you have a name for the 2000 to 2010
1: era? Uh, I mean, it's really the... I, I, the I, didn't, I guess I didn't come up with a great name. I just have uh, CGI and 3D. So basically, the... Okay. The the synthesization synthesization mm-hmm. synthesizing of like movies that like they could produce a lot more because they were making everything green screen and fake and they took the sets and the mechanical jaws out of Deep Blue Sea. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like so so anyways, for me I guess I don't have a great title besides um, um you know, a two thousands a focus on CGI and three D. Okay. Um because I think I think in terms of blockbuster movies, let's bring that back. In terms of blockbuster movies, we had the introduction of the three D movie, which was like talk about a phenomenon that happened in the two thousands with Beowulf and then at the end of Avatar, two thousand and nine, which again I'll s i think two thousand and nine almost be going to two thousand and ten because it inspired so much after that. Yep. Then much like the matrix. Um, but, uh, but so, anyway,
0: so let me read off the top five from that decade going from five to one. Uh, the fifth one was the original Harry Potter that um, also brought in more of like the book book into movie era. Um, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Jurassic park was book into movie, but this, this really, this really hones or, t- or takes uh, flight. More, more books are com- becoming movies in this era. I found um, the next so
1: that's the, that's the story. That's the story draw in the era. Yeah. So another one. Go ahead. Continue.
0: So the fourth one is The Dark Knight. Um, as Tim and I have talked about many times on this podcast, uh, the second of the Batman series, the modern Batman series with um, Christian Bale as Batman, Heath Ledger is, is Joker in that. Um, the third is the original Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, yes. The second is the Lord of the Lord of the Rings three.
1: There we go, baby.
0: There so, we Return go. of the King, which I thought was a great movie, and then number one, as you said, was Avatar, uh, which yeah. is really 2009 and, and kind of set the set the table for the next decade. Um, so really,
1: kind of the next seven years, six years to be like, to be obnoxious, but it really because the last honestly, what's happened in the last three to four or five years is almost its own era. But we'll get into that, okay. anyways. Um, so my big thing from this era is lord of the rings dog like let's just i just want to throw that out there i love lord of the rings Mm -hmm. um and uh the story was the dad brought me to see it because he knew um you know he knew the classic books and uh tolkien and um and anyways so that introduction to that fantastical world and that huge set was really the first thing I had seen since Star Wars that like really took me in and made me want to learn and be, I became a kind of a, a cult fan um, of it. That was one of my first, like, whoa, I want to learn about this world. So. Yes.
0: Yeah. So again, this was uh, based off of, I think the origin was the with the book, The Hobbit. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of just elaborating on that world. It's, it's what, it happens much after The Hobbit, but uh, the it is it's it's again to your point which makes my point is that it's based off of books people are already invest they they're finding topics that people are already invested in they being movie movie companies and they're really hitting home. Um, well, so
1: they're stories that they already know people like like yes. their famous books or like tales that everyone has always wanted to see on screen. So they've been high. Another a note that I had at the beginning that I, I meant to talk about is that. The anticipations, right? They're highly anticipated yeah. moments. So this is where
0: this is where I started to start to see a little bit behind the scenes of, like, how people are creating movies. This is kind of where I've become a little bit cynical and towards, towards um, whatchamacallit, towards blockbusters in general. Like, I'm just noticing that they're kind of, some of the subjects, not only are, is it seeming like there's a blockbuster every other month, the topics are... Stuff that are, are easy grabs. Like, okay, we know that there's a book following out there. We're going to really, you know, just bring in a bunch of celebrities and just do. So it's starting to not annoy me, but it's I'm starting to catch on to Hollywood's game. Whereas in the <laughs> 90s, I was like really excited to see all these new movies. And I definitely rolled my
1: eyes when you said Harry Potter and Pirates of the Caribbean. I just rolled my eyes. Like
0: okay. Yeah. So that's actually one that was. It's a movie series by Disney that's built off of a ride. It's like one of the ones that had the ride first before the actual story. But, um, but again, it's, Harry Potter. No parts of the Caribbean. Oh, they had, is, they oh had right, their ride right, in Disney right, before. Right, yeah. Good call. So, I mean, it's something that people are. You know, a lot of people have been to Disney before. Or a lot of families. They're 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 building off that nostalgia. So. I roll. annoyed is isn't the right word. It's the eye roll. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, of course that's going to be a hit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like the first Pirates of the Caribbean, but just the, the oversaturation of the idea. And it's just like, that's where I just, that's the corn syrup. Like, it's like, it's just, uh, that's, I don't know. Anyways, that, even though this isn't corn syrup, era, this the, the CGI and the oversaturation of movies, like you said, there's blockbusters every week. And I think because of the technology and the way that uh, marketing, the, the internet too is now every day, everyone's using it and it's a it's a it's the platform that people are communicating and doing their work on. So that's another way that marketing comes into into play. Right. Um, this is kind of YouTube, the, the- YouTube as well, being able to access any trailer at any time.
0: The invention like, so of the, the pop-up ad. ad, you remember pop-ups. Sometimes you would just log in either to if earlier in that decade when we were still using AOL, you'd log in and before you could even check your mail, there's okay whatever the newest uh, whatever the newest movie is is just popping right. right up there. You have to exit it out before you get so it's the marketing to your point is just taking it the next level. Almost it's so in your face it's almost annoying at this point.
1: Well, and and it's that's where like so one thing that I really really hate is. Uh, talk about oversaturation, playing a trailer too much, so you can tell when a studio knows their movie is gonna suck, or is gonna flop, like the Birds of Prey, or Suicide Squad, like these, some of these movies, like, they know they're gonna flop, so they just, like, it's everywhere, it's everywhere, yeah. it's everywhere, you gotta see it, you gotta see it, and then it sucks, of course, but it's almost like, I almost judge a movie before I see it by the amount of times that I've seen a trailer. Before. Yeah. So, 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 this is also the beginning, this era, is the beginning of the Marvel series blockbusters. So, Iron Man is 2008. And although X-Men and stuff has been going on, it doesn't have the... It has, I mean, the X-Men movies, yeah, they're blockbusters, but...
0: They're not as popular as, like, the old-style comics. Like, the Superman, the DC and Marvel own kind of more of the... Actually, I guess, well,
1: Marvel, X-Men is Marvel, but the more popular but characters. It's who, but it's all who owns it. All who owns the story. So, like, Disney owns Marvel now. Like, it's, like, so it was huge. Um, it was, it, uh, sorry. <laughs> it was huge. It sounded <laughs> like the Simpsons you. guy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, sorry. Uh, there's a huge undertaking. Think about it. For the next, that's another movie, talking about Avatar setting the tone. Iron Man 1, with Robert Downey Jr., uh, set the tone for the next 12 years of blockbusters in terms of comic book movies yeah. were probably the biggest draws if of the year consistently, I would guess. Yeah,
0: this is, that's right around the time, I think, 2008, 2009, was where these, like... Comic book superhero movies started to lose me. Uh, 2008 was the Batman movie. So that that kind of kept me in the game for a little bit longer than I, looking back, that I really wanted to be. You know, because if if the next movie was as as successful as The Dark Knight or it was as good or half as good as The Dark Knight, then I would at least be willing to give it a try. Um, So before you just started to transition into the next era, did you have a favorite movie from the 2000s?
1: A uh, favourite
0: or favorite blockbuster from the two thousand I gotta
1: say no, I gotta say Lord of the Rings trilogy is, yeah. uh, is is I watch it every year. I've watched it twice this year already. Me and my buddies send each other memes and give some quotes all the time. Like it's just uh, there's some comfort level to it. Um but also I, I also you if you look into the production that went into that, which is a part of a blockbuster the production in the the huge set that they built in New Zealand—it's just awesome. It is. Um, so I, I got to go with the Lord of the Rings trilogy,
0: All right. and that I, I like those movies too. It was, it was one of the few like major production uh, blockbusters too that actually did well at the Oscars. Which after we t- get through our next decade, I'm going to bring up. Um, it won the Return of the King won an Oscar. Uh, I think it was in 2003. I gotta ch- I gotta check my. I gotta check my notes on that, well,
1: but I would say four, two thousand four. Yeah, let me see. Is, is yeah, two thousand two
0: thousand
1: three, two thousand three. I in was in theaters with a group of guys <clears throat> at Chunkies, where you get you get a meal and you watch, you get a terrible, terrible meal, and you, but you sit in some cool seats, Marshall. Anyways, go ahead.
0: Um, I think mine from that from that time frame it, again, it came down to two. And it was between Gladiator and, which again is at the turn of the decade, so it's just barely made the cut. Uh, Gladiator in 2000 or Casino Royal in 2006. It was the turn of the, of the Bond series where Daniel Craig was, he, it comes from like the British, or I guess Daniel Craig's British too, but it comes from like the proper Pierce Brosnan into kind of more of a rougher type in, in Daniel Craig as Bond. Um, so I think yeah. I'm going to go Casino Royal was my favorite of that real, real quick question.
1: Do you think, uh, just off the top of my head, do you think that Gladiator would have been a blockbuster in the 80s? Yes, totally. Like, yes. Obvious, I guess that's an obvious one. I just feel like, there's, like you said, there's so many of them that, that came out at that time. Like I questioned whether Gladiator was a blockbuster. I'm like, yeah, it is.
0: Huge but, production. Uh, Russell Crowe was at his... And yeah, on his I way did. up, introduction of Joaquin Phoenix. Um, there's a bunch of other yeah. actors in there when you go through that were really popular at the time. And just like, okay, yeah, okay, okay. It was also one of the first of like the uh, ancient Roman time. They're bringing that era back. Or yeah, now we've yeah. now we've seen a hundred movies like that. But that was the first yeah, of its kind. Wow. Lions and tigers. Yeah, they brought the Colosseum back to life. No Bears. It was cool. But um, that was actually one that I saw twice in
1: theaters. Yeah. Because I, I liked actually, it that yeah, one. That's another one that I wasn't allowed to see until I was a little bit older because yeah. of like the word
0: violence. But well, you were, what, 10 or 11 when it came out, so.
1: Yeah, I think I found a way to see it. <laughs> I don't but, doubt uh, that. All right, okay, so, so we're going into the 2010.
0: Yeah, so. I'm going to have you take this one because this is kind of where I lost or I mean, I've done my research for this, but this is kind of where I personally kind of lost faith in blockbusters. At this point, I am legit annoyed at half of the crap that's, that's pumped out during, during this time. So I'll let you take it.
1: So, Doug, my title is 2010's A Streaming Age, The Age of Streaming. Okay. So uh, it's, I think, so we're, there's an oversaturation of blockbusters as we talked about in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, and then two thousand tens, people are starting to get savvier, and uh, there's stuff. There's um, platforms like Netflix and uh, HBO, who is expanding, as well as Hulu and Prime, obviously Amazon Prime. Yep. So these, so now scripted long television shows are almost taking precedent to big movies, and the only big blockbusters that are coming out are the the easy Marvel ones, like, I don't, I don't feel like there's many, uh, uh, deep quality movies, maybe, you know, maybe Lincoln or, uh, you know, but anyways. yeah, the majority
0: of the obvious ones are all in the superhero world and anything that that's in space or like you said, really dramatic over the top, you know, people are flying around just over action
1: but obviously, but, so again, as we've discussed before in our earlier podcast, like people, what people want in movies and in cinema and what they see on the screen is changing and that they want more depth and layer and they want to rewatch it. And it's not just a one time big experience like blockbusters are a lot of times meant to be. Um, you know, the, the rewatchableness is, we're in the, in, that's the. So, the, so Doug, before you
0: keep going, are you saying that blockbusters continue to just be that one and done in this era or. Are blockbusters trying to create, or people who are trying to create blockbusters, are they trying to create that watching watch again experience?
1: I think they are trying to create that watching-in experience now especially um, because and they're trying to gain that cult following, and some people have a nose for it. Um, and we're also in the age where, um, because blockbusters have been around for so long, um, where directors and actors, like everything they come out with, everything Quentin Tarantino come out, comes out with is going to be considered a blockbuster. Yeah. When you consider, wouldn't yeah, you could, I
0: mean, because t- I mean, with the exception of the first or his first movies,
1: after well, that's what I'm saying, Pulp Fiction. After Pulp Fiction,
0: out, yeah, after Pulp Fiction, everything that he does is a blockbuster. Pulp
1: Fiction came out in the same week as Jurassic Park and Shawshank Redemption. Uh, not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> anyway, but um, so, Pulp Fiction wouldn't have been considered a blockbuster, even though I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I was only. It was in '92. or something Yeah, it's
0: hard something. for no. me to remember too. I mean, I've seen that movie many times, but I wasn't. I didn't see it in the theaters.
1: Obviously. Anyways, I, I. But now, Inglourious Bastards, Django. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are those are huge blockbusters. But anything. So, if um, looking forward to like wondering what I'm looking forward to th- this coming year. I mainly look for what directors are coming out with movies, as opposed to what actors are coming out. With. That's that's um, a good point. So, so I think that's changed in, in a way too, in that we're looking for stylistic uh, like uniqueness um, instead of just one formula. Like I love Wes Anderson; anything he comes out with, I'm going to be excited about, even if I'm maybe disappointed in Isle of Dogs.
0: Right. Um, so you're saying so, that that the director kind of took over the took over what you're looking for rather than necessarily the actor itself, because it's it's no longer like it's no longer like said actor. We'll just say like back in it's the day, Jack is
1: still celebrity status, but it's instead of like Tom Cruise doesn't sell as many movies as he used to. But, you know, um, Christopher Nolan is going to. If you know what I mean.
0: It, so you're saying that the director, there's more of a chance that a director's going to put, if a director's name is tied to it, it's going to be good, rather than the actor themselves.
1: I think so. I think we're in, in an age where people respect writing and script, and again, rewatchability. Yeah. Um, and and again, I think that's why we like these. Also, we're willing to commit the to time too. So that's why we watch yeah. these long series. I, I almost more look forward to. Um, some of the big series that come out um, on these streaming channels as opposed to these blockbusters.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think it's a good point. I mean, I'm thinking back into like the 90s and 2000s. Like if Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise or Julia Roberts was tied to a movie, it was just going to be good back back in the day. So that's what we're used to nowadays. And now we've seen all three of those actors, you know, in today's era or whatever era we're talking about, you know, the 2010 era. We've seen them have flop after flop, so I think you're right. I, I'm more drawn to like the David Fincher, the Quentin Tarantino. Like those are the movies I'm more excited about, rather than you know, okay, what's well, with the exception, I guess, of Leo. I'll go see anything that Leo's in.
1: Yeah, but yeah,
0: me too. Other other than that, really, I'm I'm tied more to my directors than I am to
1: the actors. Yeah, it's because it's the story that's emerging in, I guess, one of my, one of my final questions I was going to, I guess I can skip to now that we're in uh, the 2010s. Are, are we at the end of the blockbuster era? No way.
0: No. I mean, must... are,
1: are, we approaching, are we approaching the end of the blockbuster era with all these streaming services? So, and another question is, can a blockbuster be released on Netflix?
0: So, I, I have, uh, I think that's a good way to wrap up this one. Or not wrap up the podcast, but wrap up this error because that's where we're heading into. And the one that I have circled here in my notes um, is the new uh, Al Pacino. I know, it's coming through here. It's what was the one with the Al Pacino, Robert De Niro? i uh, the Irishman. The Irishman. Thank you. That was like the first would be blockbuster that was released that did not hit theaters. And yeah, <laughs> so would that well, be considered? Well, I I think that's arguable. Okay, all right. Like, now I guess that's what I'm saying. Do we consider that a blockbuster because it didn't, because it never had any theater time? Right. Like, They're finding other ways to make money rather than movies are finding other ways to make money other than just releasing them to the theaters.
1: And there's also just garbage action movies that like Marky Mark will put out just for Netflix and it's like so it's like but he, and he's also like a list arguably a list celebrity like putting out an action movie with with celebrity cameos with all this like that should be a blockbuster. Yeah,
0: so I, I think I came to that uh, you know realization too that the Irishman is a blockbuster right so you're considering the Irishman a blockbuster
1: I am not sure and that's why I bring up the question of are we at the end of the blockbuster era because it's it's a it's a, it's a script we're going into a scripted era okay where, like
0: so I think we went from decade to decade or era to era and, and labeled out what looks – what why does a blockbuster look different in every era? And I think as now that it's 2020, we're going into this next decade, I think we're going to start to see more and more releases. So there's still those four components that you said. There's still going to be the huge budget. There's still going to be the actors that are in it clearly De Niro. But, I think, but
1: I think sometimes no, – Let me just finish the point. People the- – but the budget, so like the budget, sometimes they'll brag they had such a little budget or dude, like the one-shot scene. You know what I mean? Like budget is, is something – it's an awareness. Do, do you agree? Yes,
0: yeah. But so those movies I don't think – even though they're being
1: – Like indie films can be – not be blockbusters. No, but I still don't think it would be a blockbuster. So what, about, what about? All right. So, uh, what about Parasite? If not a blockbuster?
0: No, uh, I don't think that's a blockbuster. No. But it
1: won film of the year, and now everybody's watching.
0: Okay. So, I, why don't we? I got an exercise for us to do later with award-winning movies, whether you think they're a blockbuster or not. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off ten or twenty of them. I don't know if you want to do that now. Or, I was just going to finish my point about the Irishman being—it's yeah. got th- those four components that you said. It has everything. It just doesn't have the movie theater. So it has the big budget. It has the hype. It has it has the marketing around it because anytime you'd open a YouTube browser, you'd see something. You know, right. the, the marketing's now not where we go; it's where we well, look. It's
1: also where we look for in our phone. Service, it's also what the streaming services choose for you to watch. It's so hard. You know how hard it is sometimes to find movies like, like that are like, but Netflix wants you to watch certain things. There's an algorithm also that they're producing for you. But anyways, like they'll push the shit out of the Irishman, you know? Yeah. Like they, they, you were going to know for the next two months that that movie oh. is on.
0: Or you were going to watch it. We're going to, whatever. You just finished up an episode of, you know, Mad Men or whatever. Like. You're done with that? Cool. We're just gonna automatically push this in. So you don't even realize you're you're 30 minutes into the next movie and you don't even realize it. So there's just other ways. I think it's just hard for us to understand that because that's the next era. But I think 10 years from now, if we redo this podcast, we're like, okay, yeah, this past decade was more of the even more intense of the streaming of the the marketing to your device rather than the physical marketing so, in the gas station or grocery store or other places that you'd see it.
1: But there are some movies that you still definitely want to see in the theaters like we talked, we went to we talked about seeing John Mc3 in the theaters for like a month we never actually got to it. Yeah. You know, Avatar started that movie theater experience with 3D and stuff which actually didn't really take off like they probably expected the 3D experience, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not as I've seen some of the uh, Avengers movies and stuff, and Marvel movies in 3D. and It's cool and all, but it wasn't as much of a game changer as. That. Yeah, we
0: thought when Avatar and Beowulf came up, we're like, okay, this is going to be the future, and it kind of fizzled right. out. So maybe we're maybe we're wrong right now, thinking that streaming right. is because I do. I still like going to the movies too. The, like the IMAX is IMAX is still relatively new to me, and like that whole experience is you know much like we were talking about the the ride, the movie ride. You can recline your chair now. Have drinks brought to your brought to your seat. Like the movie yeah. experience is still fun, but I think well, we're going to see a lot more. Like, we're, I think we're going to see a lot more of those released to released to streaming or released to on demand in the next decade.
1: Well, especially after this coronavirus gapped on, there's already True. like think about the movie theaters that have taken such a huge hit. Oh my god! Um, yeah. and uh, I think a lot of them. I, I think I had heard uh, Regal or maybe one of them had filed for bankruptcy already. Yeah. So I mean, think about that. I mean, our world right now is going to change a lot. Um, but the, but talking about the movie experience and so remember we remember the blockbuster that we built up. It's in the summertime. It's people going out to see it. People are talking about it. So that's why I kind of disagree that these streaming movies are blockbusters because of the way we grew up and like the way I don't know. There's something that Maddie hit with me this morning when he's like, man, it's just like an action movie that you like. Is like bigger, like it's a big movie that everyone goes out. And, like it's like a kind of a cultural event. Yeah. Um, and that's what I kind of would consider a blockbuster. And although The Irishman is recognized in the, acad- the Academy, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it was so widely recognized as us as a culture as something that says Infinity War or uh, Endgame, The Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I I think it's much arguable. To say, or it, it, it's arguable to say that the Avengers Endgame had a much larger cultural effect than the, arguably the high, most highly anticipated movie of the year with but Who's the director? Again, I, I keep blanking on his name.
0: For, oh, the, for, Irishman. for Irishman? Oh, Scorsese. Yeah. Scorsese,
1: yeah. yeah. So anyways, that should be like the most highly anticipated movie of the year with De Niro, Scorsese, um, what's his name, um... Like Pacino,
0: Pesci, Pesci, Pacino
1: Joe, Joe Pesci
0: uh, Ray Romano was in that too but Not that I mean, he's a huge so celebrity That should be the bro. most
1: highly anticipated movie of the year But I would argue that Avengers Endgame Had the biggest effect culturally
0: Yeah, I mean I'd like to see the stats on who You know, how many times each one were watched Because one is available in everyone's home And the other one you have to get in a car and, and go watch it and, I mean, I know a lot of people like the Avengers stuff. I'm not one of them, but I, it, it would be um, the difference. I think I would be more likely to watch it if it was just a, available and ready for me, like, uh, on Netflix. All right, so why don't we do... That? Why don't
1: Disney, Disney Plus has all that.
0: Yeah. Why don't we do this exercise here? So this was... You brought up the Academy Awards. I wrote down the last 20. So let's rip through these. In our minds, we go, of course, yeah, every Academy Award winner was a blockbuster back in its day because... That's nice. just always that's just always how it was. Oh, when Titanic was out there, that was the biggest movie. The academy The Academy recognized that. If Titanic comes out today, Titanic comes out today. I'm not so sure that happens because of where the Academy's going. So, do you, uh, I'm going to go from, from most recent to uh, the 2000s movie So I'll do the first decade right now, and you just quickly one word answer. Tell me if you think that that movie was a blockbuster or not. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna mark it down here. Alright, so this, this year, Parasite won. Blockbuster or no? No. Last year, Green Book, 2018. The Green Book with uh, Vigo
1: and... Yeah, yeah, no, I know. It's I, I, uh, I'm going to say no.
0: Okay. Shape of Water. Yes. Okay. Moonlight. Yes. Okay. Spotlight was the year before. Yes. Birdman. No. Twelve Years a Slave. Yes. Argo. Yes. The Artist. That black and white movie.
1: Uh never saw it.
0: Yeah, it was not a very good movie, but
1: uh, no. <laughs> okay. There you go.
0: Alright. And then finally the King in 2010 was the King's Speech. Yes. Okay. So I had, the only two we disagreed on was Moonlight. I didn't think that that was a, I don't know anyone who saw that in the movies. Um, I and, said no. You said no for Moonlight? I thought I did. Okay, I'll just change that then. Um, and then the King's Speech you thought was, I could be yeah. convinced that that one was. Colin Firth, you know, he was... Well, it
1: was also, again, dog, I'm all about its effect among society. Yeah. And... I've actually never seen the movie and largely because of the amount that I heard about it was kind of annoying. And, uh, and I heard a lot about it and people went out and saw it and it was again, a time piece, uh, talk about storyline that people are just drawn to. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, that, that I, and I, I think, like you said, big actors, I, I, I think, okay. You're, you're convinced I, me. That's why Mike dad said it.
0: All right, so you convinced me on that one. So right now, moonlight.
1: Moon... I think maybe I said moonlight yes first, maybe because it was it did have a big cultural effect, but it wasn't twelve years of sleep.
0: See, I think the academy b- bumped it up after. I would say more people watch Moonlight after it came out in the movies yes. than did. So
1: yes, I agree.
0: And really, I can't name an actor from that other than oh, the guy. I guess the guy from Green Book was in it. Um, so, uh, Ali- was Falcon Ali.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm
0: not I'm not sure of his name. Um, all right, so of that list, we, we both agreed on four, and then you had a fifth in the King's Speech, which which I guess, yeah, I can... So five of ten were, were blockbusters of, for the <laughs> Academy. So I think, you're, I think in this next decade, we might have a little bit more, but I don't know. So let, let me just run through the, the 2000s decade, starting from 2009 going back to 2000. So 2009 was The Hurt Locker, yes or no? Was that a blockbuster? Yes. Okay. Slumdog Millionaire. Yes. No Country for Old Men. No. The Departed. Yes. 2005 was Crash. That was with uh, Matt Dillon. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Okay. Million Dollar Baby with... Yes. Okay. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Uh, Bingo. Yeah. Chicago. Yes. A Beautiful Mind. With Russell
1: Crowe. Uh,
0: uh, Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then Gladiator. I like that movie. And then Gladiator.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Okay. So right there you have 8 of 10. So you're starting to see a trend. And I bet you when we go back even to more decades and more decades, we're going to see the higher percentage of, of blockbusters we're getting into an era where blockbusters almost there's almost a backlash towards
1: blockbusters now. Like That's funny, I I am looking at that word on my notes
0: right now. What backlash? backlash. Yeah there's
1: Backlash to Blockbusters.
0: Yeah. It's almost like a blockbuster now. People kind of see it as a as a dumber movie. Not, uh, not a, I don't know about a dumber movie. That's not the right word. It's it's more of a an easier, easily digestible movie with more lights, camp, like lights and action and CGI than it does storyline.
1: Yeah, that's arguable. But then there's stuff like 1917 that came out this past year. Blockbuster. That was, that was essentially, you know, almost a, a, a one continuous shot, almost the whole film. <laughs> it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that's one I wish I saw in theaters. Me too. Um, so I think I, 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 I'm to the uh, the sentiment that it's a experience that you want to go out and see it, but also it's cultural and that affects it affects it affects people on a, on a broader scale rather than just sitting in your house and saying, "Oh, that is a really good movie." Everyone can agree on.
0: That. Yeah, that's what we for the last three maybe even, actually, now that I'm looking at it, five uh, Oscar winners. That's what I did. I I did not see them in the theaters. I saw them at home after they were on the Oscars and said, oh, yeah, I like that movie much more than I would, you know, Hulk 3 or whatever, or Ford 2. So, um... There are no Hulk 3s. Okay, it, it shows yeah. you my knowledge of the... Of the
1: uh, oh, the, God, the Hulk movies are just garbage.
0: Yeah. Well, hey. for a while there, they couldn't figure out who who was going to be Hulk. It was Edward Norton. It was Eric Bana. And now it's Mark
1: Ruffalo. So, so real quick, what today versus 1975, what are the differences between a blockbuster movie?
0: I would say budget and, and computer animation. And, and what, what about the budget? And just didn't... so now people are sinking two three $300 million into movies. We're a big budget movie. and Maybe that's more of a sign of the economy than anything. But back in those, back in those, well, the days, like, economy
1: based around movies too, we've talked about the, uh, marketing and the, you know, everything that goes into selling it as a product.
0: Yeah. That, those are in there, but you were asking for the biggest one. I would definitely say production value are, mm-hmm. is, and the money that goes into that for, for so today's
1: which do you, which do you prefer then or now?
0: I mean I think you can ask the, I mean it's this is another thing another topic we didn't bring up is us also our our experience with these movies. So if someone was doing a podcast say the generation before us was doing a podcast about our love of like the 90s movies and people are just like oh I don't get it it's not as good as like Gone with the Wind or or uh, you know Wizard of Oz like it, we we also got to put that into it. So there's also that nostalgia factor for us. We think these movies from the 90s and 2000s, and maybe this is me part of me getting older, is saying, ah, oh, these Avengers, like I've just, it's, we're doing it too much now. Like it's just too saturated. Whereas, you know, maybe someone in the 90s who was my age back then saying, oh, Michael Bay, you blew up another something. At the, in the 90s, I couldn't get enough of it. Much like maybe the twenty-five and unders today can't get enough of that superhero world. So,
1: yeah, same with the Twilight movies too. Those kids they ate that shit up, and I just did not understand. Yeah. That. Anyways, um, so there's a difference. Uh, so, did you still have another list to go down or?
0: No, that was it. I just wanted to do those two, um, those two decades, and see what you had. So, I think the tally ended up becoming. You had thirteen. And I had, um, see, 11 blockbusters in the last 20 years, which was less than I thought we'd both come up with. I just assumed that every movie was, you know, with the exception of the last year or two, was going to be a blockbuster and they weren't. So just something interesting that I wanted to bring up. Um, there's well, certainly two- in a personal, you know,
1: subjective point of view too. Yeah, True.
0: Okay, interrupting here to give you guys a little bit of a break. Um, Tim and I went a little bit longer than expected on this topic. So if you want to hear more about the future of uh, blockbusters and we get into a little bit more of our definition, uh, check out our Google Drive folder or our Instagram account uh, for part two. And as always, thanks for listening.